Welcome to Startup Out of the Box, a regular podcast about startups with Marco Silva and Vitor Dominguez. On this episode, we're going to discuss about uh, agile enterprise, where companies are and where they should be. Um, and also, we're going to discuss about startups during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, here in the UK, some um, uh, statistics about that and also some Portuguese measures that uh, the government uh, put through for startups in Portugal. Uh, hi, Marco. Uh, how are you? Uh, still alive and virus-free? <laughs> uh, I, I think I need a coffee. Oh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I have one here. See? Bastard. I'm prepared. Uh, so yeah, for the for the yeah that's that's a bad one. So the for the first topic today it's going to be about uh, agile inter, uh, agile enterprises. I remember seeing on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, well some time ago. I uh, this kind of time during this pandemic is just a social construct. I don't know where what kind of the day of the week this is, but uh, a few a few days ago, a long time ago um, on LinkedIn they said that. Um, uh, there was this kind of meme uh, about what led uh, the digital transformation uh, in the company, if it was the CEO, the CIO, yep. or the COVID-19. And uh, and I think most of them, they're just going to pick the COVID-19. Uh, and this means that, um, obviously, because uh, it's uh, it's a hard times, people are looking at... Um, how do how can they innovate themselves? How can they bring uh, different value to the company? So, uh, and obviously they want to be more agile. Uh, they've been discussing that some companies um, uh, some, for some time ago. Uh, they uh, they want to reach market faster. They want to implement new programs or, um, or or reach out to customers faster. But they don't know how to do it. And uh, before that, before this pandemic, uh, everything would kind of be a slow place. It'd be kind of uh, uh, they they didn't want to put a lot of effort into it. But right now they are being motivated to actually do. Uh, agile transformation really fast and um, so we're talking about the agile enterprise how enterprises can move to a different uh, agile environment and um, one of the notes that we have is how do actually companies balance whatever they have or whatever they they uh, which point they are at this moment and how they can move to this agile enterprise and I shared that with you about these statistics. So a, a lot of them, they are, when it comes to strategy, they are can even decode. So we have kind of uh, two ways of looking at agile, right? We have the static um, uh, enterprise and they have the chaotic enterprise. And the balance is to find this kind of stuff in the middle so you can drive the, the to, to be more uh, an agile enterprise. So um, some of the, ta the stats are about strategy. Some of them, they're just really chaotic and they need to go into a more static um, uh, plans when it, when it comes to strategy. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, when they're doing planning and budgeting and reviewing, they're kind of static. They don't move. They need to move to the more chaotic yeah. and innovate more. What do you think about this? Do you think that um, this latest statistics represents what you think about agile in the enterprises or there's something missing here? So... Going to the point from the beginning, like we're seeing more enterprises uh, becoming more agile. I'm going to say that between quotes, um, because like the concept for enterprise, the agile differs from everyone and every company and who's the consultant you're paying for. Uh, but like they're based on what I'm reading and speaking with some people, yeah, you do see a lot of uh, big organizations changing the way they work and uh, moving forward plans that they had like for one year, two years. They're doing it like in a matter of weeks because they realize yeah, we need to adapt quick uh the way we were doing things before doesn't work anymore uh, for example uh, i follow 
on Twitter, the CEO from Box.net, and uh, uh, I think he's one as the CIO or one of the GMs from uh, Shopify. And both of them have been mentioning that, like recurring uh, every day, like they've been talking to big uh, organizations, big enterprises, and they have done more business in the last couple of weeks than they did maybe in the last year together uh, mm -hmm. because of the number of companies that want to take advantage of the capabilities that Box provides or that Shopify provides. So from the enterprise that want to share documents, allow collabor collaboration between their employees, but also to retailers that didn't have an online presence and now they're turning to Shopify to provide that online presence. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, and I think like a lot of organizations are realizing that um, a lot of their culture that they add, uh, a lot of the processes that they add, uh, kind of reflects in this chart that you sent. Uh, they were too static, uh, they were vague, um, and they were, there was a lot of bureaucracy involved. Uh, so there is, uh, for, there is a lot of stuff that needs to be adapted, uh, that needs to be changed in the company, uh, and maintain that change once this situation is over so strategy needs to be more adaptive but like i think we, we kind of learned from the startup world like you can't make a strategy for five years mm -hmm. you can think about it you can define like ideally this is what in the perfect world we would like to happen but you know that most likely there's a 99 percent chance that that strategy won't be valid in the end of a year mm -hmm. uh, a lot of enterprises are now realizing that okay let's plan for the future but realize that we need to to change uh we need to have a, a, a different way of doing leadership and culture give more freedom to to our employees uh let people learn let people be more engaged maybe let our employees take more decision and not depend on a c level to validate every single mm -hmm. piece of decision that that happens um we, uh, bring a bit more autonomy uh so less bureaucracy like i said um do you think that it, uh, and also like in the business do you think that on the technology side, because uh, when we talk about enterprises, obviously on startups, they are more keen on using brand new technology and everything mm -hmm. looks good and, and shiny and they want to use this kind of stuff. But when you think that uh, on, uh, because the, this data that we got says that uh, more on, on enterprises, they are kind of more in the, the monolithic systems when they when they develop their own systems and they, want to, they need to move to a more... Um, uh, modular systems so cloud and innovation and that kind of stuff do you think that uh, even on startups they need to be even more innovative uh, they need to go with containers they need to reshape their technology or they just need to continue to do whatever they are at the moment like technology was i think it's more of use what fits your need hmm. don't try to imitate google or, or netflix just because a big company uses containers that doesn't mean that you should use containers or just because a big company uses microservices like uh, monzo they have 1600 microservices mm -hmm. it's like if you're a startup small keep it light keep it nimble that should be your focus especially in this situation and while you're growing so agile for startups would be don't Overcomplicate what you have, even at the, on a technology level. Keep it nimble, mm -hmm. keep it simple. Uh, don't change your technology every week. Mm -hmm. That's not being agile. That's being um, realistic. I'm thinking about the word. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and realistic. And I mean, don't that, that's a more polite way of. <laughs> exactly, and don't deploy on a Friday. Never, never deploy stuff on the Friday. Uh, uh, <laughs> neither on Monday. Just pick. Between Tuesday and Thursday, it's a good day to deploy stuff on your on your site. I think that's a that, that that that's a different conversation. I think you, <laughs> you should aim to be able to deploy on Fridays, uh, but you have to realize, uh, and that and that also comes into the part of this conversation of agile and um, mm. 
a lockdown and people missing or you have to lay off people like make sure that your systems are automated where they can be so if you want to deploy you know that if whatever you deploy is going to work is going to be proper is going to be valid you don't want to wake up people at the middle of the night but also mm-hmm. if someone needs, if someone leaves your company for whatever reason you want you don't want to be dependent on that person so all of that is kind of agile in, in some in some sense you want to automate and you want to, the, the company to be lean and and fast moving and not being dependent on one person yeah good um so um that was pretty much about the agile enterprise we talk about this statistics the next one um and uh because we also spoke la- on the last episode about the future fund so which is the fund that the UK has for startups. On this one, we're going to talk about some statistics that showed up. So there was um, um, a survey to um, led by um, led by a company that they asked uh, startups that um, so accelerators for them to ask their own startups about uh, the mitigation measures that they are trying to uh, achieve during this COVID nineteen. So what kind of measures they think that they need to put into place. So it's a large survey for uh, some startups in the here in the UK. Some statistics they are just kind of caught, caught my eye. Uh, obviously, uh, I think that sixty uh, percent of them they are uh, they have successfully negotiated their workspace rent or are in the process of doing so. We've been discussing mm-hmm. here uh, on this on this uh, show about um, how the the workspace and co-working and stuff like that will change uh, in the near future because of this. So I'm, it's it's good to see that uh, startups are, are actually thinking about that and probably the whole relationship with space and going to an office or going to co-working is going to change definitely for, for everyone, not just startups, but also normal enterprises. And then... Um, 43%, which is a lot, uh, stopped online advertising. So they stopped all of the kind of their media efforts when they come to the advertising. 30% said that, uh, unfortunately, they had to cut salaries across the company by at least 15, 15%. Mm-hmm. So um, it's some less perks. Um, also, around 50% of, of the companies, they said that they stopped hiring. Uh, and I remember um, a few months ago posting something on LinkedIn saying that uh, if you're not taking this time to hire or train your employees, then you're just uh, losing time and losing uh, losing them probably. So if, either way, uh, almost 50%, 15, 49% they, they stop hiring. And another 32 uh, have slowed uh, hiring, which is a lot. So they because they need certainty and right now no one can have that. Obviously, that's going to be a major a major hiccup when it comes to hire. Mm-hmm. But overall, um, around sixty eight percent of um, uh, the startups that respond to this survey they expect they expect that this year the revenue will drop a quarter. So twenty five percent of their revenue expected is going mm-hmm. to be cut up by this. Do you think, from your point of view, this is a realistic uh, kind of survey, or it's a I don't know. It's it's. Uh, it doesn't represent. Yeah, I, yeah. I, do, I do think it, it, it does represent, at least from some stuff, some uh, scene I've been uh, reading online, uh, watching on Twitter, listening on Twitter, uh, some people I've been t- talking to around London. Uh, it does reflect a bit of what's happening. And uh, I have two of my friends that work at in advertising companies, uh, and they basically 
uh, reduce their working hours, kind of like one to fifty percent. That way, the one also like to only sixty-five percent, uh, and they suspended most of the projects uh, for new stuff. So they're just taking time for technical debt, cleaning house because they clients most of the clients stop their online advertising at the moment and mm. mm. um, like salaries i think they've been cut across from startups to big enterprises uh workspace rents uh, i can i can talk like on that side i can see for example the co-working space where i go to uh they reduced kind of like in 85 uh, percent the cost of the the co-working space and now they are providing uh, Kind of like events online they're organizing mm. uh, regular uh conferences meetups like with special with different people from the industry to kind of like look i know you guys can't, can't use the co-working space but yeah also some benefits that we want to provide you guys at least there's some money still going into the co-working space for so they have can keep the doors open uh, and they also renegotiated their their renting costs so they, they still need to pay rent but they renegotiated that so mm. uh, i think this does reflect uh, i think some are are a bit High, like the like you mentioned, like the fifty the fifty percent for uh, hiring freeze. Yeah, that sounds a bit high, but might be, but might be, but might match the 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 general landscape. Well, uh, bear in mind that we're talking about startups, right? So it's not just yeah. enterprises; it's startups. Uh, I'm guessing that if you're a Microsoft and Amazon, well, we heard about Amazon. Amazon is going to hire fifteen thousand more employees or something like that, uh, just because of this. Yeah, they, and, um, yeah, they are, they're a beast. Yeah, they're they're massive hiring uh, freeze right now. Uh, freeze, uh, spree, spree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, like um, I know ex one example of a company. I know one example of a company in the, in the U.S., for example, that they fired uh, like a few dozen uh, sales uh, engineers. Yeah. Uh, and and I know a lot of people from the competition went to, went to the competition because well for the competition was like well free trained hiring like free trained sales engineers they know already about the industry so might as well just hire them and wait like an extra two months for the for the market to come back yeah it's true so some companies are taking advantage of it true um, the same kind of survey was made in the US um, some sort of uh, so they tried to reach out mm -hmm. to some startups. Um, actually, um, this is a more, uh, it's not just the US, it's more global. So the Startup Genome, uh, which is a group kind of surveyed 45 countries um, and a lot of startups around those countries. Bottom line, 74% of the startups have trim staff. So if we attach that to the, uh, not just hiring, but actually chopping down employees and, and, and laying them off, not doing with the furlough, it's a lot. It's a lot of companies that they're right now trying to trim staff. We know we knew about uh, Uber, um, uh, pretty much everyone, every company, Lime, Bud, all of those mobility companies, because they couldn't operate. Uh, it's an issue, obviously. But also, um, the most worrying thing is, and and because some companies also in Portugal did this, they had a massive investment round last year. And right now, 65% of some of the companies says that they have money for less than six months, uh, which is kind of appealing, right? Because uh, some of them, they just say, well, we got a huge amount of investment, but right now, ah, we need government support. And some people are saying, well, we shouldn't support companies. Government shouldn't support companies. Um, as an overall, uh, this kind of brings the whole um, COVID-19 uh, uh, thing mm -hmm. to a more green environment because it's it's 75 percent of the kind of the, the the companies trimming people it's it's not 
not just not not hiring is actually firing people and that's going to be that's going to have a massive impact in in um, in the, uh on the market don't you think in a general economy yeah like firing so many people will have a, bit, a massive impact in the general economy like and you can see now in the united states we're talking about at 20 million unemployed mm. like it's crazy number and I think we uh, we did already speak about this. Like uh, I think that there's some support of the government uh, to these startups, small companies, SMEs. Uh, it's a good idea, uh, mm-hmm. depending on how how that support is done. And uh, most of the most of the support is coming uh, from convertible notes. So the, the governments are loaning money uh, that if the companies then can't pay back, that those loans are converted into equity. So at least kind of. At least, like they're trying to get the money back. If not, they're going to play kind of like a VC. Let's play the risk game and see if we can recover some of the money. Uh, but at least, like there's people are still employed. Uh, there's some money in the economy. Uh, they're not asking for unemployment benefits. So, I think it's going to help a lot of these companies at least survive the next two or three months. Yeah. Also, uh, do you think that because some of the companies was where they were having massive uh, perks, um, do you think that's going to change in the future? like um lunch and snacks and coffee and this kind of stuff do you think that's going to be the first thing that yeah. companies going to reduce when they when we return back to work i think so i feel like in the, ne- the next couple of months they will reduce because they will think about it like it's not needed like we know that this is just something to show and flamboyant stuff uh but might be maybe in two years it, it will come back again um Oh well, right. So yeah, uh, for the, <laughs> yeah for the for the <laughs> don't know much to say about that. <laughs> um, for the last uh, part of this topic, which is the focus on uh, what um, measures the Portuguese government is putting into place to help you um, to help Portuguese startups, um, they launched um, uh, two weeks ago, give or take, a uh, packet uh, package of measurements uh, measures uh, to help the startups, and they were roughly around kind of uh, three different types of, of those. The first one was we're going to create a fund, uh, we're going to help the startups, and um, it's going to be uh, uh, if if they can't pay whatever. It's kind of a loan. If if they can't pay whatever that uh, we're providing back to them, then we're going to take uh, equity. Uh, after that, uh, they're going to have a kind of a startup voucher, which is uh, to help uh, startups for a period of three months to uh, with some uh, also liquidity uh, as well. They have uh, vouchers for incubation uh, because they wanted to uh, ensure that any startup that was in that was in incubation phase they could continue to be incubated uh, during this pandemic, and um, they had uh, what they had a thing called bridge financing, which is um, kind of uh, looking f- uh, uh, reinforce the the liquidity of of investors within the company. Uh, up to 30% and helping them to do this. Do you think that these me- measures, uh, especially in Portugal, due to obviously it's a small country, startups there are really, really uh, there. It's a really tough uh, uh, market to uh, to prosper. Do you think that the government measures are enough to help the startups there? Well, the cost of running a startup in Portugal is low comparing to the, to, the, to the rest of Europe or Silicon Valley stuff like that so uh, these measures they seem they seem reasonable to help out mm. um, we're talking about 
uh, helping with rent, helping pay salaries, uh, injecting a bit of capital to to keep the companies going. So they they do seem like a reasonable set of of actions uh, that the government can can put into place. Uh, I would expect some more regarding, for example, tax wise uh, stuff like uh, like if your company is doing below X amount. Uh, a thousand uh, euros, stuff like that. Uh, we'll, for, we'll like forgive your taxes for the next couple of months, stuff like that. So, I think that's a bit what the government could do to help like small companies in Portugal. Uh, but like as a base measures, I think there are good base measures. Okay, good. Well, I think that any measure in Portugal to help startups, it's it's good. Uh, obviously, the government needs to have some money back after all of this, not just with startups, but also with companies. So I think, uh, yeah, makes sense. Not sure if all of these startups know these measures and can apply for it. Um, it's going to be an issue. Um, this was launched with a bunch, with the help of a bunch of accelerators and uh, investment companies there in, in Portugal. So I think that um, they at least... Um, Including Portugal Ventures. Exactly. They're going to have access to, to, to um, uh, some kind of supports. Um, as I said, last on the last episode, we talked about the UK Venture Fund, so it's a different thing here. Um, it's a different type of measures. Um, I think that obviously the governments need to look at setups, otherwise it's going to be an issue. Um, I think that um, if you look at the previous statistics of setups not hiring or furloughing people or trimming their costs or even uh, employees, it, it, it needs to be balanced, right? So the money that you get from the government needs to go towards something, not just your current operation, but also the investment of probably not firing people. So you need to keep them on the payroll and it needs to come with a certain condition, right? The same one with the companies here, yeah. right? So if you're following people, you shouldn't fire them. Um, I think that the, uh, it, because mm -hmm. all of the measures that the Portuguese government put forward was to invest or to provide liquidity to companies but without any kind of return of, well, you're going to put the money, so the conditions are you don't, you can't fire or you need to hire more or uh, it's just for uh, sustainability. So it, it, it needs to come with a certain conditions. And actually, I haven't seen those um, from yeah. this package of, of measures, but I'm guessing that um, someone is going to ask for that and, and we're going to see that in the near future. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's... We should see that in the next couple of days. Yeah, exactly. So... That was pretty much it for this episode, episode 28 of Startup Out of the Box. Um, still uh, at home and safe. So uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you very much for um, listening to us and watching. And we'll see you on the next episode.